Yeah. We we don't want to we don't want to put um uh, Edon on too much of a pedestal. You know what I'm saying? Because like at the end of the day, he's been doing some pretty shady stuff. Yeah. But um, but I am curious I mean, to like see what you've seen that face. Uh, I'm not wrong. I'm saying if I was one of the women, you can take me away, boy. I'm just saying if if you look if you are anything like your little baby boy, you got me. You got me. Hey, wait, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kim Way. The first game, press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. Yeah. Clocked in, you could catch the hype. Golden Dawn, how we follow the light. Anime like life, uh, married to it, my wife. Uh. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boys, Isaiah. Oh, hi, And Gavin. What is Gucci Shoes? <laughs> You and today we're talking Tower of God, of course. Why wouldn't mm. we be? Uh, this time covering season two, episodes 270 to 278. As per usual, <clears throat> we are doing the whole question gamut. If you are new here, I will briefly explain. We have live streams every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern mm. Standard Time. If you don't know, now you know. So definitely catch it when you can. Uh, after the live stream, concludes we have an hour where we let people hop into our discord and ask questions in the tog questions section of our discord and all of the questions i lied seven of the questions that get the most <laughs> upvotes <laughs> will be displayed on said episode that you're watching now for us to answer also stay tuned though because isaiah and i will generally clean up some of the questions that maybe didn't get the most upvotes but were interesting different ones we want to answer maybe from some people that participated and mm. didn't get their question put on here etc <clears throat> so don't shy away from asking a question and don't feel discouraged if your question doesn't make it to this initial episode because it could certainly make it to another one so anyway with that being said we are going to answer said questions hopefully you guys enjoy and if you do make sure you guys are liking this video so we know you enjoy it you guys are hitting that subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss any future episodes make sure you guys are sharing with your friends because the more the merrier it's not just us it's the community at large that includes you and comment your thoughts down below what did you think of this discussion what did you think of the questions posed would you give a different answer let us know all those thoughts down there but without further ado let's hop right into it gavin if you would be so kind as to start us off with our first question the pleasure is all mine. So <laughs> we start off with Katan237. Thoughts on how the snake charmer said that to Hansung, rescuing all other people in the fruit was like completing a game with full points. Do you think this kind of personality is still prevalent in the current day Hansung? So... <clears throat> short answer yes and um i think that just goes with you know him almost like coon big brain big brain and you know like bigger chess pieces and you know chess boards because we see that he had ties with bam introducing him the fog we know everything that has happened and why he isn't liked by everyone because of his manipulation so obviously way back when although now we're seeing it in almost a more innocent form and i say that cringingly because like <laughs> it is kind of it, it was mentioned how you know things you can't take everything at face value for the hidden floor and i you can i am kind of applying that to hansung because he is i feel like right now he's supposed to be that character who is still sideways scheming but like off of just like a face value view in terms of how he's interacting with Bam and other people that he has this kind of hard, like lighthearted nature. So it seems, but if you rub him the wrong way, I'm sure that wouldn't really happen. So it, it, it is interesting getting to see him again and his mindset. I do feel like he is still scheming and has always been. And I think that was kind of reiterated when we find out about the fruit where they kind of go in on that, like inner psyche with him. That's like, Hey, you know, you, 
yeah, you may be wanting to help these people. However, like you really think it's just like a game and that it's nothing very significant and you're kind of just doing it for fun. However, if I was to give him a brownie point, it was interesting when he was talking to, um, uh, not but not Butin. Buddhist, Brutus, mother, Buddhist, Brutus. What was the name? Buddhist, Brutus. I can't think of it. Um, Betis. Yeah. Sorry, I was yeah. like getting confused from the SIU blog post. Um, yeah. So Betis, when he had that discussion, and he actually opened up and told him that. You remember, he was like, "Oh, I am so sorry. Like this might have actually been my intentions or whatever." And you know, they had that conversation. I don't remember it word for word, so I'm kind of paraphrasing. But for me, even seeing Han Sung as a character coming out and saying that was very interesting because he doesn't seem like the type of person who a would have to and B would want to. So I do feel like there is almost an inner guilt for him feeling that way. And I don't know if this was at that age in terms of when he was copied that maybe he wasn't fully converted over to the mindset that we see currently. And, you know, it was more of like a transition based off of things that he has seen happen in the tower. And it really just kind of like brashed him and made him kind of like brush off everything and was like, yet yeah, now I just don't care. I want what I want. And when he was younger, he might've been more fluid in terms of other people's relationships. But, um, I did find that as like a little bit of growth or not growth because it's a younger version of himself, but it was interesting to see his character almost break a little bit out of its mold and able to identify, you know, and apologize for those feelings. So interesting stuff. I'm curious how that applies when we see him current day and if he do does break out of the mold a little bit or we get some more explanation on it. But, um, yes, long-form answered question. I will hand it to you guys. Fair enough. Yeah, I was actually very surprised when they said this as his, you know, this his motivator, his end goal here to not only escape but to do it flawlessly, quote-unquote, for what, you know, however you interpret that, I guess flawlessly or, you know, perfect game would be bringing everyone. Um, but I don't know. I found that interesting. When he said that initially, I was like, really? Like, he cares? You know? Like, for someone, for at least the way I interpreted it, was that, <clears throat> excuse me, Hansung, so manipulative, the whole nine. Um, I figured if, his, if that goal was important enough that why bring extra people when not needed? And, again, I guess it answers itself, sure, for perfect game. But, like, why does... Why does he care about that? Like, just to say he could, really? Like, I don't, I don't know. I think I think it's a kind of shallow reasoning, especially when so much hangs in the balance, at least for me. Like, I, I felt like it was like, okay, does that mean Hansung could have really escaped the whole time? He was just waiting for Bomb to come through or whatever and to do it better? Um, I don't know. I thought it was kind of personally, not out of character, because once they explain it, I guess it makes sense because it's like if you're that, egotistical or like you want to show that you're better to that extent. Uh, I guess just for me, it seems like going through a lot of hoops for like not really much reason, but I guess that's just, that's just people, you know, some people would rather go through that ridiculous amount of extra mm -hmm. steps just to be like, I did it. And that's, I guess, you know, fair enough. Um, whereas like you mentioned before, it was like big coon brain thing where it's like, he's super smart, obviously, but you know, uh, as compared to someone like coon, I would actually expect coon, if not for like bombs intervention, like if it was relevant, relevant people, you know, or something, but if it was like on his own, he would be the one to be like, okay, we can leave some people behind in order to mm -hmm. complete said mission. Like I don't need to do it, you know, on a level that's just like hindering the, the uh, mm -hmm. potential completion of said mission or escape or whatever. And mm -hmm. Han Sung, I guess is just like so damn arrogant that he's just like do it anyway. But I, I don't know. what do you think? Um, I think <clears throat> that uh, to be honest, I do think that the, 
Han Sung, like especially this data version, which is a younger version, um, him being just that arrogant, like kind of tracks. Um, I do think that like because there's the there's the line a while ago, or you know, the moment a while ago where Bam is talking to Han Sung or Data Han Sung, and he's like, "Oh, we have to hurry because my friends will probably clear uh, the quest pr- like pretty quickly, um, which would be bad for us." And the way Han Sung reacts to it. It kind of looks like it like hits his ego a little bit. The idea that like these random companions of Bams could beat these quests that like faster or again more perfectly, like with a better score, have you than he could. And so I don't know. I wouldn't say it's too far off to be like at least again younger version. This level of Hansung is very arrogant and is very much like I'm the best and I need everybody to know exactly how good I am. I do think that the older version of Hansung is a little bit off that beaten path now. I think that while he still obviously retains a lot of like the characteristics and like the the, the qualities that just Hansung has in general, which is like the, you know, being a little bit of like a bully and cocky and arrogant. I do think he is like not so concerned with just himself now. And I think that's why he's, he was helped train Bam with Fug because I do think ultimately he does like see a bigger picture that's not just about him now. Um, but I do think this moment, so like when, when they revealed it for me, I actually, I was like, okay, that kind of tracks. Cause I don't, I don't think that Hansung is somebody who is so uh, introspected that he wouldn't, that he would actually genuinely <clears throat> care about anybody else's input or opinion, or that he would save anybody if it didn't make him look better, you know? Cause it's like, Oh, that guy escaped that thing. Oh, but that guy escaped and he got everybody else out. You know what I mean? It's one of the, it's it it's shallow and it's picky, but like that's that's kind of what I feel like young Hansung is. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Go for it. Whatever I don't know. I, I really don't feel it's weird because I get the arrogance and to an extent, yes, but I don't feel like he really he's never given me the energy, at least at this point on the hidden floor, where it's like he necessarily is flaunting it crazy like yes he makes comments but for me like the vibe I get off of it is that he's very much a perfectionist and a, almost a completionist so we're I know Ian was mentioning a little bit before where it's like what's the point in this I kind of defer back to almost like speed running a video game where it's like well what's the point in trying to get it to literally microseconds when it's like you beat the game 80 times over or same thing if it's like if you beat a game on normal difficulty why do you go back and keep on playing on until you like max out the hardest one it's like i i definitely feel like he's more of that mindset where it's like no matter what scenario he has in front of him he wants to make a chat like he finds things boring because he's so smart and wants to almost make a challenge for himself and he almost refers to that a little bit where he was like this to me, I saw it more as a challenge to make things harder and to give me something to do and maybe add more variables and more options. So it's like, is that arrogant to have that mindset? Probably. But then again, I also like, I don't know. I just don't feel him like, at least at this stage, like I don't see him as a person who's just flexing it all the time. It's like, it's, it's almost like he just is trying to challenge himself and like seek different options. Because even when Bam had mentioned that, um, you know, he had friends that could probably do it faster than him. Han Song, yes, it might have been a shot to his ego, but his response after that was, okay, I take your word for it. It wasn't something that he was like, oh, no, that's impossible. There's no way. We're not doing that. We're doing it my way. You know, he was very much like, okay, I'll take your word and we'll play it out. So it's like, I don't know. And for me, if he was that arrogant, it would have been very much overshadowed specifically at that point, especially if 
he if he already narrowed it to the shortest time physically possible that he is able to do. So that's just my kind of two cents on it. I think it goes a little bit more in depth than that. But, you know, that is also differing from the current Hansung that we see now. Totally just prior. But um, definitely interesting character, and I can't wait to get more uh, info on him. But we will digress to the next question, unless you guys have any more to add. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, so we got Gertron Buster as the next question here thank you for the question saying knowing that the 10 family leaders knowing that the 10 family leaders they are that the 10 eh? family leader knowing that the 10 family leader they are going to meet i'm sorry okay knowing that the 10 family leader <laughs> they're going to meet is kun idan what are your thoughts on how this will affect kun and what are your guys expectations for how this interaction will affect the story character development future interactions mm. etc um so how do we think it's going to affect Kuhn? Uh, it's going to be something that Kuhn has to come to grips with type thing where it's like a fear that he's going to have to face type thing because it's like, oh, I don't want to see him. I don't want to do that, like, which means that he probably has to see him and get over this. And there might be something, depending on what Papa Kuhn is doing, that maybe, you know, makes Kuhn see something in a different light about his father, something that he didn't know before. Um, or maybe it just solidifies it that much more, and he's just like, all right, you were kind of beyond saving from the rip, so, like, I'm, why would I even devote my time? Um, but I would like to think it's the former, because the fact that we're going to see him, and Hansung knows him, and all that kind of thing makes me think that, you know, whether he's helping them because it's just convenient for him in the moment, which I think is the case, and is, he's going towards some sort of higher goal for himself, or if he genuinely wants to help them for whatever reason, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, they're going to meet at some point, and he's not going to know Kuhn, so he's going he's gonna to be pretty much his authentic self, like he probably is already, but, and Kuhn might see something that he didn't before. I think going forward, it might give Kuhn a different perspective when looking at maybe his own father or the 10 family heads or his family or whatever, um, you know, and, and that could go either way. Like I said, I just stated a couple examples. He could be like the worst piece of crap ever. And then Coon just hates Coons. You know what I mean? That much more. I don't know, but I, I think that there will be a strong impact on AA Coon that we know. Um, just, I'm not too sure what exactly that is at the moment, uh, but I think it'll give him some sort of character development. And that is the important part. That is my prediction. But what do you guys got? Cool. Um, so I definitely think that the main thing he's going to get is closure on the whole, uh, you know, relationship that he has with his father. Um, now, obviously the fact that this is the younger version of his dad, like, you know, lends this air of like, Kuhn doesn't have to interact with Edon about their relationship because to eat on it doesn't exist but i don't know which way it's going to lean like you were saying like where if it's going to go like coon's going to maybe see something that he you know didn't before about his dad and like maybe find a way to like want to reconcile with him or whatever or if he'll end up doubling down on it personally i think it's a little bit more of the latter because from what we actually just read about eat his personality uh generally in the blog post and just from what i w what we've been told coons like just people of that family are like um i don't really see this guy having a whole lot of redeeming qualities mm. and if you know again we don't have the, f the full story here but from what i've been able to piece together about coons backstory and, and him being exiled from his family i think that it's going to be a lot of like to coon edon is like everything that's wrong with that with the coon family and i this ties into a, another question that we'll get into later but i think just through interacting and just through like conversating, Edon might realize, although I guess it's a little relevant because again, it's not the current Edon, um, that 
how capable of a person Kuhn is in terms of like either being a successor or taking over the 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 uh, title of head of the family. Um, so I think there's like a weird rivalry there, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it's a matter of like, oh, dad, let's talk it out. Like I we should see things differently. Where it's like, I wonder if if anything, this is just going to allow Kuhn to like really find out what makes or what made Edon tick, right? Because from again, what we know about the blog post, like Edon is a very carefree guy like he doesn't really give a whole lot of fucks about like politics and and you know numbers and like all, he's just kind of here to fuck around and have fun um and he's got the the charisma the strength and the the charm uh to do that really oh you know almost virtually unopposed i would assume if not for jihad himself uh but yeah so i don't know i definitely think he's gonna get closure though because i think right now coon is sort of operating under like yeah, whatever, I left because I was tired of it or I was bored. But I think if he could, like, actually sit down with his dad, younger or older version, and, like, talk to him about, like, what his, where his head's at, right? Like, what his philosophies are, what his ideas are of the Kuhn family and what he wants for the family, he can, like, come back with a solidified response of, like, how he wants to act and what he, how he wants to pursue their relationship going forward. Like you said, he might leave and be like, you know what, honestly, this guy's kind of just a waste of my time. Like, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing you know, whatever, I'll take over the family my own way. Or he might be like, no, I've got to take this guy out. Like, he's clearly, he's a, you know, he's a cancer on on the Kuhn family, and, like, he's got to go. It's my two cents. What do you got, Gavin? No, I definitely agree with with every sentiment um, that Isaiah just put forward. Another thing that I, a little thing that I want to add is I'm curious to where if, in that interaction that he has with him, how much purpose is going to play a role into it? Because Kuhn, as a character, I feel like, you know, with splitting off from his family and interacting with Bam, and, you know, Bam is puts gave Kuhn a lot of purpose to live and really follow with this relationship and see how the end game is with Rachel and how everything turns out. And now we see it from now when we meet his father or what we know of him from now is that he's very carefree, doesn't really have any ties. So it seems and kind of just fritzes all around. So I'm curious to where if Kuhn is going to look at that and be like, okay, now this is someone who has been lost from a very early age or from, you know, a younger age and this maybe is how and why, like what created the development into his current father and maybe like get more understanding on how much like purpose means in life and having a purpose and just being carefree and not having a goal to follow through will end up, it will, you will end up like my father and how, how much of a horrible person he is. So if anything, I feel like it's almost a reality check and I'm, and I'm curious to see if he asks him questions like, what are, what are you doing this for? Who are you doing this for? Do you have anything to work for? Cause I feel like that's just very important for Kuhn as a character to know. And that's something that he looks for in people. And like, that's who he gravitates toward, i.e. bam. So, um, that is something that I am looking forward to and see if they even address, but, um, it would be interesting in my opinion, if, uh, it was something. So yes. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so the next question comes from Lippy Tai. Uh, Thank you for the question. Uh, They say, what do you think about the data Han Sung versus the real Han Sung? What do you think made him, and how much did he actually change if he did? Um, Uh So, okay, so we talked about this a little bit in one of the the previous questions, but I think the main difference, at least for me personally, between data Han Sung and, you know, older and younger Han Sung, is that older Han Sung, I think, has had a little bit of a reality check when it comes to the tower. Um, you know, again, I, I do still think that data Hansung is a little bit more just like the pure definition of arrogance. Um, he's very manipulative and he's very like charismatic. So I think it, it it's something you, most people probably don't pick up on right away because he's not going to do the thing like you were saying earlier, where it's like, if he feels like somebody's attack, you know, if his ego gets hit a little bit, or if he feels like somebody is, is insulting or attacking him, he's not just going to like 
lash out. You know what I mean? And be like, oh, well, I, what are you talking about? Like, because he's, he's, you know, he's not arrogant to the point of like stupidity, you know, like he's a little bit more, he's much more calm, collected, and he's a little bit more manipulative. He knows how to like sort of take the, the roundabout approach to getting back at that person or proving that he's actually the superior one. Um, th- that, because I, in a weird way, I feel like he, he would even think that lashing out like that is like a very beneath him, like way or behavior or way, like, you know, way to react. Um, but I think the, the older Han song, I think he's had a little bit of a reality check and I'm just really piecing this together off of random shit that we've heard. Uh, it could be totally wrong, but when Bam opens the door in the, the fruit that they're in and, and like lets them all escape, he says something on the lines of, he's like, Oh, it really is you, the, which is obviously a reference to Bam's dad. Um, so I think who, whoever, however, or whatever, caused Han Sung to meet slash interact with Arlene and or V and or Fug, you know, by extension, has now like altered his perception of the tower and people in it in the sense that maybe, like I said before in the last question, that like maybe he is now a little bit more willing to like put his own ego aside and not like that's no longer the primary goal. Like that there is, again, his personality and just the way he is is going to bleed into that, like i.e. when Bam meets older Han Sung and when we do, and he seems like a prick. Um, but like it's, it's, it's the intent, right? It's what he's doing. That's changed. He's no longer doing things for solely himself. At least I think. Gavin, you got anything? Um, I don't know. I was kind of in and out with some of that. Um, I, I don't know. Well, I was honestly getting a little confused. Don't worry. So was I. So that's why I totally threw you under the bus. My bad. (laughs) No, it's all good. I mean, for me, for me, whether I copy it or not, um, I, I really went ham on it in the first question. So defer back just really, I guess really quick is, um, I think that real Han Sung at this point is more arrogant. Um, I don't know if that was an argument you were making or not. I couldn't really tell. The opposite, <laughs> it was the opposite. I guess my 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 reasoning for why the real Han Sung is um, more arrogant is literally the first interaction we have with Rack. I believe it was in episode 10. And just by walking in the hallway, he was like, oh, get out of my way, turtle, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, literally Han Sung just shrunk him and, like, made fun of him, did a circle, and then walked away. Like, for me, that was just, like... What it, 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 I feel like at young Hansung wouldn't or data Hansung wouldn't have done something like that compared to real Hansung, and I feel like it just reads more arrogant. Like, uh, there's a reason I feel like Bam likes or doesn't like take that very lightly, but is able to work with young Hansung more than old Hansung, and I feel like that's because of the brashness and the arrogance that he has lived through now being outside in the tower, gaining an age and dealing with all the inner politics. I feel like that just really put like, it gave him a really thick skin and just very um, condescending and just not very sympathetic with people. And I feel like that just affects most people in the tower until they get a good reality check. Uh, So I I don't know um, all my other details. I'm just going to defer back up, but I do think that real Hansung is more arrogant and um, data Hansung, you know, he's not perfect, but I can get behind some of the ideas if he's not just faking it, which I don't feel like he is personally. Mm. I, uh, I actually feel that he's in my personal opinion. I actually feel that he's very similar. Very similar. Yeah. I don't really detect much change because I don't, really know what change I'm supposed to detect besides the fact that he's gained more knowledge over the years, which is inevitable, right? From climbing the tower and gaining wisdom. And obviously that can change your, I guess like your ideals or, or, or or whatever. Uh, Maybe that's not the right word, but like it can just, 
how do I put this? In accruing more knowledge, he might not feel it necessary to jump through said hoops like I stated in the prior whole spiel about Hansung where he like saved everyone and all that kind of stuff. Um, so like maybe it's a little more of a refined edge to it, like growing in that. But I personally think that his personality and and all that is um is virtually identical from what from what I've been reading personally. I think when we meet him earlier in the story in season one, um his mannerisms and the way he acts are to me uh, almost verbatim. Um, he definitely knows that he, that he, you know, he's kind of in charge when it comes to things. He runs stuff. He's got a master plan. He's got a lot of these like wise words and this wisdom and all that kind of stuff. And like he, you know, he has a goal and he, and he's going and he's going towards it. But I mean, that that's, it's a very surface level answer. I know, but I, I genuinely don't think for me personally, there's enough info for me to really give a solidified opinion on that. There's only external info the way I see it from like, this is what Fug is. And we're learning a lot of like the organization. We're learning a lot about the organization that Hansung works for, but not necessarily Hansung himself. We're getting little breadcrumbs of information like, oh, could he know V? Could he know this, et cetera. Um, but like personality wise, like the Hansung that that we know future Hansung or for us past, <laughs> um, to me is is really is really similar. Like I see a lot of the thing, I see a lot of the same things within it. But that that's my personal take on the matter. But anyway, you want to hit us with the next question, Kevin? Uh, yes, let's get right into it. So our next question is from Irene Sharda. Um, what are your thoughts in regards to the snake man who is, uh, who is the one who supposedly chooses and trains the princesses? Do you think all the princesses know him? What do you think his influence will be in the outside world in the future going forward? Very interesting question, and it's so hard to answer because we don't know jack poop about this man, <laughs> quite literally. All we know is that he trains princesses, and he's Orochimaru 2.0, and that he just wants to be by Dorsey for whatever reason. So I guess with that, um, I will say that the thoughts of training princesses, um, wait, is the one who supposedly chooses, oh, oh, that chooses and trains princesses. So mm. I'd imagine he has an eye for it, um, <laughs> and he has to be trusted in some way by Jihad, whether that's a good or bad thing to be trusted by Jihad and have him pick the princesses. I don't know. This is good for um, his lifespan. I, I guess it is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anything. You know? That's a great comment. Um, so that's interesting. Makes me wonder where, I mean, you already know where his eggs lie in the basket well, yeah. jihad. Um, what is going to be what is interesting is why in Dorsey specifically because it's not like I mean don't kill me at this point that we know it's not like she's the strongest princess that we've seen so whether she has the most potential to be the strongest or he feels that she is the most manipulative in a sense or if he's already on that game of oh, I feel like she might not be worthy of a princess because we know how she has a little bit of un well, unwavering feelings for Bam and being with Anak, you know, has really kind of walked this line of, you know, sticking being the prince, the princess life or not. So I'm wondering if, like, this is maybe his way of trying to latch on to her and see if she is being um, committed to the role of a princess and um, seeing how she follows through and is kind of just, like, playing in a, in a guise. But it definitely seemed like they had some sort of history in a very weird way where he was almost, like, obsessed with her. So kind of leaning more in the camp that she's almost like a prodigy in a sense or like he's just oddly attracted to her. I don't know. Um, do you think all the princesses know him? I... 
with what I just said, I don't think all the princesses know him. I feel like he might just, well, mm, who is the one who supposedly chooses. So I'd imagine he's not the only person who chooses princesses. I I feel like there would be a couple people trusted with that, like just having one guy run around the tower doing that. I feel like is a little bit of hard work. Multiple people. He in is one. multiple people in one, which actually is a fair point. But I have a weird feeling that they might not all know him, but a majority might. Um, and it's like he just kind of specifically picks a couple of people. I don't know. He's such a weird person. Uh, <laughs> what do you think his influence will be outside the world in the future going forward? I have no clue. And this is where I'll <laughs> like, I literally don't know what this man does or why he lives or anything. Like. Yeah. He's just such a weird and obscure character that I genuinely don't have any like modicum of anything. I think that's okay character. though that you say that because a it's honest and yeah. b it's like not trying to pull something out. I, I think the way I look at this question is really just like what's your initial impression? Okay, you know at least the way I I go because I defer to what you were saying before where it's like I simply don't have enough info. I can only speculate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do think that he. I guess he's the guy, right? Jihad's like you're the guy or guys and girls and, you know, whatever, all wrapped up into one being. You clearly have knowledge in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. You're able to see something with a third eye or otherwise that other people can't. You you have a you have an act for this. So I do think that the princesses meet him. I think that all of them, them meet him because I, th- I think the fact that Endorsey remembers him pretty distinctly would lead me to believe that he probably visits the people, you know, like the families or whoever and says, okay, you know, this is, this is a, this is a candidate for whatever's going on. Um, at least that's my perception of it. That's my, that's my guess really is all I can say. Uh, he's an interesting one though. I think, you know, the fact that he has multiple people in one is good and conflicting all at the same time as we see. I mean, like she doesn't have to fight him. He just kind of acts as the parts that don't like her. And he's like, okay, now I'll be your thing. So I I guess I'm just curious to see what his goal is and what his influence will be outside the world in the future going forward. Um, Yeah, maybe spotting the potential in people that are able to rise up against, you know, and Dorsey or just in general people that have uh, power that opposes Jihad. Someone's getting a little uppity when it comes to one of the princesses. But that's really all I got on this one. I don't know what you have. Um, So I think that he... I definitely do think that not every princess knows him because I think, uh, funny enough, I kind of feel like he's the, he's the, I want to say reject, but like he's the, he's the guy that Jihad has, has placed the task of like going and getting princesses who aren't from any of the 10 great families, right? Because we know there are princesses that are from the families and we know there are princesses that are, that are not and Dorsey being one of them. So I think this guy specifically is tasked with finding candidates to be princesses of Jihad that don't have any lineage to any of the 10 great families and obviously Jihad's family included. Um, So, you know, I don't think any of our princesses that we do know that are from 10 families know about him because I think there's like a weird separation of status where it's like if you're a princess candidate from a 10 great family, you're you're that much more in the door. You don't even have to like go through this rigmarole where like he, and I think maybe this is what I think he might've spotted in specifically Enderosi is that like, she is her origin story, her upbringing, how ruthless she ended up becoming and, and behaving in order to, you know, get a leg up. And I think maybe he spotted that and like honed in on it and was like, okay, I I definitely see talent or, or potential here. Um, and so I, and as far as influence uh, on the outside world and going forward, I do, I wonder if this guy is, 
if Jihad has placed this task on him, and this is actually what I was thinking about with the big breeder too, not the, well, I guess all of them, but specifically the first one we meet with the mustache. Um, if these people are tasked with, like, I wonder how much connection, communication they have with Jihad or even anybody in the Jihad family. Like, I wonder if it's like, Somebody told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody told them to do a thing or if like Jihad rolled up to their front doors and was like, I want you to do this. Like if Jihad himself gave this guy this task, I wonder if there's any inside information that this guy has that could potentially be useful to our team about either Jihad or his empire or the 10 great families, etc. Um, but yeah, I, that's the only thing I can think of right now, because again, you know, we're, I don't know a whole lot about his motivations. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. All right. So next question comes from pipe dream. Pipe dream says, what do you think the sad promise between Han Sung and Edan could be? Oof. <sighs> See, I, I get tripped up with Han Sung because his definition of sad, you know, I, I don't think he really gives all too much of a crap about too many other people besides himself and maybe a select few that we've yet to maybe know. So I don't know by sad if he means that it's like this is genuinely going to be something that's sad for a viewer and like a normal person or if it's sad as in like, oh, I have to give up something or like I'm, you know, not getting whatever, like more power or the center of attention or like whatever the case might be. So I think the term sad is definitely interesting when coming from the mouth of Han Sung. But um, I could see it being, I think that Edan is one of these people, this is this is no evidence, by the way. The only evidence I have is based off the, the still shot we got of him and the blog post saying that he's kind of this, he's based off Dionysus, the, the Greek god. So I think that Edan, like, he knows that he could obtain certain things and he knows that he can do a lot of things on his own, but my guess is that he kind of revels and has fun in the fact that he can make others do something and potentially give up something of theirs in return for it, right? Or bestowing his help or abilities on someone, but making them sacrifice something to him in return when he really didn't need to go through that whole mess to do so just because that's fun and he has nothing else better to do. I mean, the man is literally just lounging on the grass eating grapes. Um, and that's his young version, right? It's like, he doesn't have a care in the world. You know, it's like, he, he seems so powerful that he's bored type thing. So I could see that being the case. And I could see Hansung having to give up something whether it's something relevant or, or special to him or it's whatever the case might be but again it just trips me up because I don't know what Hansung actually values <laughs> is the only issue you know we only have these tidbits of information as I explained before with him where it's like he might know Viol he's part of Fug he's kind of a, a d-bag sometimes like I don't really know if he's ever loved anyone etc so it's kind of a toss-up with me when it when it comes to that because these are both both very assumedly complex characters um, in a weird sense. And maybe Edon nece isn't necessarily complex. Maybe he's pretty predictable in the sense that he's going to do the things that I just said. Um, but I think his, his, his complexity comes from the fact that he is, he is like that. His personality is predictable, but it leads to complex situations, if that makes sense. So that's really all I got for that. I don't know if anyone has anything more specific or maybe something I missed. Uh, I think that, I don't know why, but so I, I remember the context that this was said in, and it was Kuhn. I say I remember, and now I'm, I'm trying, trying to. That's how I'm literally trying so, to look it up. Because I, I remember Kuhn say, or, you know, Kuhn was obviously nervous and, and upset about um, the fact that they, they would be meeting uh, 
Kunita, which which he knows is his father slash the head of the family. Um, and Han Sung reassures him by saying like, oh, don't worry, it's the data version of him, so he's not going to know you. Like, you won't have to worry about him recognizing you or anything. And then from there, he says, which is good, or like, that way I'll be able to keep my sad, the sad promise that I made to him. So um, all I'm able to defer from that is that this promise relates, like, Kuhn has something to do with this. Mm. And so from there, my only, and again, this is like you were saying, basically just speculation off of flimsy evidence, but... Um, I think in a way the sad promise, so going out, yeah, just on a limb here. I think that, I think that Hansung, who, like I've stated, me personally, I believe to be a pretty arrogant dude, made a promise to Kun Edan, somebody who we also know to be a pretty arrogant dude, that Kun Edan, like, you're not the shit that you think you are. Like, you're not, like, I bet you one day somebody... Will, like you will meet somebody who can surpass you. You will meet so, you will meet your better one day, and it will be not the person you think it is. And I think Kunidan, of course, being you know the arrogant shit that he is, is like yeah, whatever, cool. Um, not really giving two fucks about it. But I think in a weird way, Han Sung introducing Kun to young Eden, although it is the younger version, is this sad promise of him introducing Eden to somebody who does have the potential to best him and become his superior and like trounce him as the, as the head of the family. Now I like what's weird, I guess. Well, no, cause I, 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 it does still track if we are under the assumption that the heads of the 10 family specifically, because they've made the con- the immortality contracts. If that nullifies the hidden floor thing, as in like they, once they leave the hidden floor, they can talk about the hidden floor and not lose their memory. It would track then that like a long time ago, Han Sung told Eden one day he'd meet somebody that could surpass him, i.e. X amount of years later, he has a child. And, you know, of course, we know Han Sung, I mean, not Han Sung, uh, Eden has Ella children. Um, he might not even remember or specifically care to notice Kuhn. But if Kuhn is that person, it's like, you know what I mean? It becomes a cycle of something that, like, ended up coming back to make itself true. Mm. Um, just my guess, complete shot in the dark, but that's all I got. Yeah, I can't really add more than that. I'd have to reread it, honestly. It's such a brutal one, especially with no information. And I honestly, I tried looking back at the panels on my phone. Didn't help me at all. I just got stuck mm-hmm. on him apologizing to You know what? So. Like, I feel like part of the issue, maybe this is a cop-out. If so, I apologize. But this arc in particular, where we are the hidden floor, makes some of these questions, at least in my personal opinion, some of these questions a little tough to answer because there's this, it's called the hidden floor, right? For a reason, there's this weird disconnect from there's a a connection to the main plot and narrative but there's a disconnect from the everything else going on in the tower and the timeline is is like messed up in the sense that you know a lot of these characters are younger now so there's this weird there's this weird disconnect of like this mishmash of information and people knowing it at different times and the fact that we don't know a lot of it obviously because they don't want to give it to us all at once here kind of makes it a little tough to speculate on these questions because we're talking about characters that We've met, but never met yet, you know, in, in someone like Edon and people that we've already met, but are meeting again, you know, and it's like, it makes some of these questions hard to answer. Probably a cop out, but it is what it is. But, um, anyway, <laughs> whatever, that's fine. I'll admit it. Um, but go ahead. I don't know. Gavin. Did you want clarity on the panel or no? Cause I actually just found it. Did I? Yeah. I don't know if you want it because they had, they had, some, so it was when I first met him, Kuhn's father. Mm-hmm. Um, I promised him something, although it was more of a one-sided announcement. So he'll talk to you this time. 
And then it was yeah, Coon that's, saying that's a promise. And then it said, yes, yeah, it's a bit of a sad promise. That's what it was. That line there mm-hmm. where he says, I made him a promise, but it's really more of a one-sided announcement or mm-hmm. declaration, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think, my, my theory, I think he told him, I am going to introduce you to somebody who is your better, who is better than you. And sure. I think him saying that is why he then said, yeah, so he's going to have no problem meeting you. Because if he tells Edon, hey, that person I told you I'd introduce you to, I, I have, you want to meet him? He's here. Yeah. Like, would give Kuhn an audience with Edon just off the bat without mm-hmm. even seeing him just off of that announcement or off of that. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of that can tie to his personality because Kuhn's father is someone who doesn't have his act together, and now, now he's going to meet a younger version of himself, essentially, who does have his act together that's, mm. like, progressing forward. And although he might not be as powerful, per se, I feel like that personality clash is going to be something that's hopefully very eye-opening for um, uh, Ed... Edan. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting. And I would put my eggs in your basket, Isaiah. I thought that is the answer. I'm very curious, actually, where they stack up power level wise. At this you point, know? Kuhn and Edan? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, AA and, and Edan? Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I mean, probably not well. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, not well yeah, yeah. in uh, AA's favor. I yeah. mean, we're talking about the head of the Kuhn fan. Well, sure. okay. So, I but, guess there's an argument to be made if we're talking about the younger version, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah, because I guess my thing is, like, if Kuhn, if one of Kuhn's initial statements or goals was that I'm going to take over the family, sure, he can usurp the throne in some sort of schemey way, which he obviously excels at, but I would have to assume that he's going to have to be pretty damn powerful in terms of fighting capability, which he is, don't get me wrong, Um, but, like, you know, I would wager if you're going to rule the family, you got to be at least close to where where your pops is. I don't know. So I'm curious to know when he comes in now where they stack up against each other being that, you know, it, sure, this is, um, it's a 10 great family leader, his father, but to be fair, I, I, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, they're at a similar, you know, they're at a similar point, as in this is when I beat the hell train, this is when you're getting, you beat the hell train. So like, yeah, one of the, one of the initial, our initial things here that we were talking about with the hidden floor was getting to see where Bam stacks up to young Jihad. Yeah, yeah. It's virtually the same argument. So Kuhn, would, you know, if everything tracks, would be around the same power level, or rather, let's flip that, Edon would be at the same power level that Kuhn is, maybe a little bit stronger, yeah. and, you know, uh, give or take, but, yeah, so maybe the fight wouldn't be as uh, as one-sided. I'm as just curious, I but, think. like, something's telling me, and maybe, uh, I don't know, I'm doubting AA a little, but, like, I just, I don't know why I feel like Edon is, like, going to be stupid strong. I feel like, but. you know what it is? I feel like part of the... Uh, closure part of the realization that coon's gonna have in this and, and I'm, i i this is just a personal hope is that like if they have an altercation coon might be able to coon there might even be a scenario where like coon is able to outsmart his dad but not beat him in a fight sure and i think so this might awaken this sense in coon to be like i've got to get better at, at combat and that's not to say that because i i'm saying people's i know that coon is a very capable fighter and i know in the blog post sau states that he's in the top three <laughs> as far as top combatants in bam's team yeah um like yeah, I tune's not a weak fighter by any st- uh, by any stretch, but I think in comparison to somebody like Edon, I think he might be out of class. And that's just going off the bat that I'm again well, just speculation. He's a great god. He's re- he's ready to go to the Olympics. Well, uh, over just here. to be honest, just off the fact that I think Kuhn, if Kuhn's main class is light bearer, I don't know what Edon's is, but if it's 
a more melee focused class, he might be able to one up. Probably spear better, I, I would assume. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I don't think it's going to be a matter of physical fight with that. Probably not. I think it's going to be full like um, like Strategic. psychological, like like uh, philosophical type stuff where they're having that conversation and it's like, <laughs> what does life mean? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, he bores him to yeah. death. <laughs> no, but I mean like I mean like the philosophies of life, like nah. how they had like their outlooks and how sure. they clash, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like Kuhn maybe you know throwing some jabs in on that, like you know, hey, this life that you're living isn't actually all grapes, wine, and bitches. Like there's, there's, there's other things to you need to pay well, attention to. Well, it is that, to. but that's it. Well, it, uh, all right. There's limits. Can to we it. please make but, that a um, shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's wine, bitches. grapes, wine, bitches. Uh, and eat on face in the middle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That has to be lame. Live your best life yeah. or your only life. Your that's only wild, life. man. Only anyway, best. next question I believe is Isaiah. Yes, mm. uh, and it comes to us from Sad Sparkles. Thank you for the question. Uh, they say, thoughts on Jihad and the leaders not wanting to be around other people who started entering the hidden floor, so they separated themselves. Is this another example of their above-everybody personality, and why isn't Edon with them? Could this be an insight into his personality, or is there something else? <laughs> oh, that was, that was rough. Wrong. All right. Gavin, you want to trade places? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take over the cameras. I did it in my arm. That was nice. <laughs> um... So, yes, I, first part of this question, I do think that Jihad and the, and the Ten Heads being like, hidden floor's getting a little crowded in here, boys. Let's, uh, let's take it to another hidden floor um, is very much they're like, we're not like we shouldn't be with these peasants. <laughs> you know, like we saw it, you know, we see it with uh, Gustang. We've seen it with basically anybody in the association of the Jihad Empire. Uh, they're very quick to be like. No, there's me, and then there's regular people. Like I'm not, I'm not one of them, and so I'm not going to be mingling with them. Um, so yeah, I totally make sense um, in that respect. Uh, why isn't Edon with them? Could this be an insight into his personality? And is there something else? Yes, uh, I do think it's insight into his personality because I do think he, the reason he chose not to be with them, is very much again what I cycling back to what I think his personality and what I, who I think he is as a person, is. Even though Edon is probably in the realm and in, in, in the same range as like Jihad and some of the other Ten Heads, again, I think they're very much like playing a political game here where they're literally like, no, let's run an empire and we are building this kingdom here and I'm going to play this role and you're going to play this role and you're going to play that role. And Edon's like not about that shit, bro. He's like, what do you mean I can't go fuck off and do whatever I want to do? Like, I'm not, I don't care what you guys are doing. Like, fine, you guys go to the hidden floor. I'm a fucking chill here and do whatever the hell I want because nobody can stop me. And I also think that maybe there's something to be said and maybe perhaps this is just exaggerating a, a thing here, but like we've never met a single member of the Kuhn family that has been okay with and or chosen to live a life of subservience to anybody. So I would even go so far as to argue that maybe there's a part of Edon that resents Jihad a little bit, taking like the king role and the lead role, um, because that's a role that like clearly Edon would be okay taking. So I would even go so far as that there's like a little bit of like, you know, resentment in that like, fuck Jihad, man. Like he did like whatever. I'm gonna like I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna be the only one that's of my status on the hidden floor because then I'm the head and I can do whatever I want. Um, maybe. Interesting. <laughs> That's an interesting theory, for sure. Um, I would like to say more, but I'm not going to lie. Everything you just said was was basically in line with what I was thinking as well, where it's like Jihad and the other families, or the other heads of the families are like, you know, when... when, when <laughs> I guess just in general, it's like hard when you 
ascend so high in strength. When you ascend so high in one thing, whether it's physical strength, whether it's mental prowess, whether it's whatever, right? And it's like, it's hard to turn back from there and to associate with people that are not on a similar wavelength with you in terms of the way they think or their actual skill and ability. It's a sad truth, but it happens a lot, right? Like you don't see, you know, uh, most of the time, like it, it can happen. And a lot of times it, it, those are the best kind of people that can, you know, go into both spheres. But you generally don't see someone who's like an absolute top academic scholar hanging out with, I don't know, dudes at the bar. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, on the way, yeah, you get my point here, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. it's like, they're just so far above everyone in their natural latent ability and talents that it's like, it's like not even, it's, it's not even, it's literally like an insult to them to be associated yeah. with common folk or regulars yeah. because it's like, we're just so not. Not to mention, even if it wasn't insulting and they even tried to, it's like, how much do you realistically have in common? You know what I mean? Is is, is another thing that I can see as well yeah, because yeah. those well, people, right. yeah, yeah. So I'm it's like, like, they all just started rolling in regulars and stuff to the hidden floor sure. in droves. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. This was like our thing. And do you know who we are? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Are you just rolling up in here? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no. But what I'm saying too is, well, we might be agreeing, but maybe I'm not, maybe I'm saying, like, I think there's a secondary um, aspect to that in the sense that even if jihad and all of them were like, great, more people, like let's hang out. There come like the more you further, the further you progress in something, whether you have natural talent for it or something you go, the further detached you become sometimes from people that are not on again, a similar wavelength or trying to pursue a similar goal or whatever the case might be. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So it's like, even if they wanted to hang out with these people, even if they were like, yo, regulars come in, like, let's chill. It's like there's this disconnect where it's like, oh, we're like literal different beings than you guys. So it's like kind of hard to relate and like and run this because it's like we know that there's so much yeah, more. Yeah. That's you know, what I was saying. Thing. Like their their disdain for them comes from that disconnect. It comes from the fact that they oh, are so, so separated from them that they literally can't fathom like, you know, they can't communicate. They can't interact or, or, or fathom what it would be like to exist among these people because they're so... Yeah, they yeah, and I think there's a, there's a disdain portion of it, yeah. you know, definitely with them. But I guess I was saying, like, disdain aside, I think that naturally that happens where they would set... That it oh, would yeah, be a yeah, separation yeah, yeah, yeah. just because, yeah. like... I'm saying the different... disdain is probably what led them to then leave and be like, all right, fuck off. We're going to go get our own hidden floor. Yeah, I mean... Well, no. <laughs> I'm saying I think that disdain or not, that it happens naturally. Even if they didn't intend... Even if they didn't disdain them, that naturally Jihad and the Ten Great Families would would just would separate from these people and, and eventually do their own thing because they're so far ahead of these people in whatever it is that they're doing and whatever endeavors that they're at, that it's like, there is, there's really not much commonality at all. It's like the smarter somebody, that's why like a lot of times, um, you know, people say like the smarter you get, the lonelier you become. Right. It's a lot yeah, of times yeah, they yeah. say that's like harder, harder for people to find love that are like, you know, on a, on a well, higher I, level and stuff like that. And it's like, because inadvertently sometimes you get separated from the amount of people that you're actually able to, to interact maybe with and, and have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. I guess oh, I'm just okay. saying that coupled with their personalities that we already know would lead me to believe that there's a little uh, bit of like an arrogance yeah, which yeah. would lead to them being which like, I agree. we're better yeah. than I, you. Because yeah, yeah. if you look at people like Gustang, like he literally refers to people that aren't on his level as, as bugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, 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 I totally agree. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I was just trying to, yeah, make it make a separate point. But yeah, I agree with that. And um, 
Yes, this is another example. So yeah, that that naturally happens. And then again, to mirror your point, I think that that happens, right? And then Jihad and all those people kind of have like their own thing going on, right? And then that's where Edon, like you said, I totally agree, is probably like, based off just the little snippet we got of him, is probably like, oh man, the hell with all this like political thing and like keeping appearances and like y'all gotta like answer to each other because now we've just kind of turned into the same thing that we were trying to avoid but just amongst each other right it's on a higher uh, on a higher level um at least that's what i that's what i surmise from him and then you know he's like i'm just gonna piss off and do my own thing because that was kind of like the whole deal with us coming to the tower anyway at least maybe from his perspective where it's like we could have anything we want you know so going from there so i so i do mirror a lot of the points that you had but gavin i don't know if you had anything yeah no for the most part same thing i think arrogance plays a lot like a majority of the role and um especially with um Edon's case probably a problem with authority that Isaiah was mentioning because that natural like that natural disconnect you were talking about I for me personally I think that's more as when you develop in a specific field and you get better there are people who can have the tendency to get the arrogance of almost the per, the perfectionist mind where it's like I am do like I'm repeating this I'm doing this I want to get better I am the best I'm do, it's you're putting yourself in an echo chamber and sometimes it's just yourself or people around you where it's you're not you're almost constricting your mindset in that way and you're forcing yourself down that path like just having that like and that's where it's just a perspective thing where it's like that's not guaranteed for everyone because like I mean there's many cases of people who are at a high caliber that can relate and communicate and don't just assume everybody's a peasant you know I feel like it's just a lot of self-derived arrogance because they are just so focused on a particular thing and bettering themselves in a particular way where they almost lose grasp of the reality of in, interhuman relationships and having that communication. And it's, it's, it's very much, in my opinion, forced on oneself or by the others around them telling them or putting them on a pedestal. So, yeah. i.e. putting yourself on a pedestal or others putting you on a pedestal, which leads to said so, so I just wanted to clarify, because I, while I don't disagree with that at mm -hmm. all, I definitely think. Um, I guess what, what I was talking about in addition to that was like, and the best way I could try and explain this is through a half-baked example, but a hypothetical. So say you have like an astrophysicist, mm -hmm. right? Somebody who studies like stars and space and all that kind of stuff. And that person is so so high level in their field, right, when it comes to astrophysics, that it's like they can talk about mold on a random meteor. You know what I mean? And like the inner workings of mold on a meteor that passes by Saturn, right? When Unfortunately, what happens is arrogance or not, like even if that person is the most humble person in the world, there comes a point, unfortunately, where if that person even tries to step into the sphere and have conversations and with about astrophysics, let's be particular here, there's only a certain level that that person could talk up to before they lose the other person that isn't as developed in that field. So what happens is that the higher that person gets, in this case, an astrophysicist, the, the less people that that astrophysicist has to talk to about things that are on that person's level. So now he only is a handful of people that can talk to him about the moss on an asteroid passing Saturn. Whereas, like, even if he was not, even, you know, arrogance aside, if he's not arrogant, he wants to try and talk with other people, and they're like, let's talk astrophysics, let's talk about X thing, and that person is like, only at X level, that person, that the, the 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 scholar can't go past that. Not out of you know, not because they're arrogant or they don't believe that that person would 
that they literally just can't follow along. So there becomes like this, this like isolation, you know what I mean? As, as you go up. So while I, I totally agree with all the points, by the way, I'm not, this isn't disagreement mm -hmm. at all. I just wanted to clarify my, what I was trying to say in addition to the fact that Jihad and them are probably, they're, they're all shady and terrible, but I guess I was just relating to real life. And it's just like a, a, a thing that I related to that. And it's like a, a sad reality. I guess that happens sometimes mm -hmm. um, with it. So I kind of, intermingled some of that within the 10 great families because arrogance or not, if they're just so elevated in a particular field, whether it's physical strength or a certain mind or whatever the case might be, there's only X amount of individuals now that they could even understand them and like understand the life that they live and therefore share commonality. Yeah. With them. And, and I do, I do see what you're saying. I feel like a lot of it's almost food wars. You've never seen it, but it, that's literally oh, yeah. the argument of like what you're talking about. Um, I guess my two cents in that is, um, even if you're at that level, there are ways that said person can reach back down. Like in yeah. that case, you wouldn't have any teachers, you know, or like any college professors that have, you know, sure, like, sure. like there, like there are ways to combat that, but yeah. you definitely can get lost in an isolated place, especially if you just have trouble communicating with people below you because mm. you're so far over, but we will move on. I, you're, it is a very valid point and it does happen in a lot of scenarios. Very sad. We need to help all you people. No one lonely. We're all together. <laughs> love. The coon love. Anyway, Look take it away with the last one. Take it away. Again. We got Ovelha. What kind of role will Coon Edon play in this arc? God damn it. And what <laughs> impact will this have in the future, dog? I'm already over this guy. I, we need to get to him. Yell facts. <laughs> I, uh. um, you put this question I, on here. Yeah, I'll, I'll defer it. I, I didn't see the top five. I well, <laughs> I, I'm going to be real. I am going to be real. Almost. The majority of the questions, there weren't too many questions with this. There's seven here, and there's probably, and then I got another five for another potential video, and then there's like maybe two. A lot of these have to do with him. Like a yeah, lot. There's yeah, like yeah. two more. I mean, in I'm the not next surprised. Discussion. He's yeah, like a fan to. favorite. Yeah, and they yeah. all got upvoted, so it was inevitable that would happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. First of all, I do want to thank uh, Ovella for participating because Ovella, I think at the time of recording, just joined the server today okay. and posed a couple questions. So thank you for joining the server and thank you for being an active participant in what it is that we do. GG. So shout out there. Um, I do apologize that your question is seventh because you uh, suffer the unfortunate fate of talking about Kun Edon again, whereas the questions above it <laughs> made us kind of go in depth. So I would love to give your question more weight uh, behind or throw more weight behind my answer to it. But unfortunately I would have to say a lot of it should, you know, it's going to, I'm going to refer to the previous statements that have been made between the three of us to really see how he impacts the arc. But I do think to sum it up, I think that he is going to provide character development for his son in a or, or a coon. I don't know if it's a direct son, whatever. Um, but I think he's going to provide development in, in his area. I am curious to see how he, what this promise was between you know, Hansung, if Isaiah was onto something with that or if it was something different um, and, and, you know, kind of fleshing out his personality. And I'm just kind of ready for uh, all these like Chad moments with him because, you know, he, he's obviously hella Yurik 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, a, like, yeah, yeah, like Yurik vibes in that relate, but like actually can get women. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? We're like, true. Yurik is really struggling. <laughs> yeah, out yeah, there. Whether it's their choice or not, because it did state womanizer below that, it. Actually, so. that is fair. That is fair. <laughs> Yurik know? is probably someone with way more character and integrity than him. So that's probably why. But yeah, we, we don't want to, we don't want to put, um, uh, Edon on too much of a pedestal. You know what I'm saying? Cause like at the end of the day, he's been doing some pretty shady stuff. 
stuff. Yeah. But um, but I am curious but, I mean, to like see what you've seen that face. <laughs> I'm not wrong. I'm saying if I was one of the women, you can take me away, boy. I'm just saying if if you look if you are anything like your little baby boy, you got me. You got me. Look, I got him everywhere, bro. I'll, I'll... Yo, before we recorded this episode, we just uh. We were just talking about this, right? Like something similar to it. These guys were talking about it. It's like, dude, it's like crazy how we cut certain people slack and stuff like that. Just straight off of looks. And we're like, yeah, like someone like white or whatever. And then like Isaiah Gavin look or like Isaiah looks. And he's like, yeah, but you know, it's, it's a white, white thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a white thing. <laughs> he's it's cool. Like, it's like so crazy how people are just willing to just shove, shove something away wanna, if they're remotely attractive. Him. He's like it's funny. insane. <laughs> it's insane. But He's like dope. So, like, everyone's guilty of it. It's terrible, but it it's... Not white. He can do no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the better thing is he's never done no wrong and just to Bad really boy. drive that stake in. There you go. Yeah. Damn. I'm just playing. No, it's crazy stuff. Oh, anyway, um, oh. but I do, do I defer the question to you guys because, like I said, I think he's going to have that impact, and I am excited to see what he does do. Um, hopefully it lives up to it because you all have hyped this man up to the moon and back, so um, I'm ready for it. But. Uh, yeah, I think that he's going to play somewhat of like a, uh, you know, a character development role for Kuhn in the sense that like, you know, it'll be nice for Kuhn Edon. So, okay, I had a theory a while ago. I don't know if this tracks at all, but that like either A, people who are exempt from the spell of the hidden floor or people who don't talk about the hidden floor after they leave it, their data version ends up still retaining new information and, uh, like, memories and stuff from their, uh, you know, from the version of them that is, that is like, now out and, like, has left the hidden floor. Oh, really? Um, and if that's the case, it's a literal wild, you know, ass-pull theory, but if that's the case, this interaction could prove very interesting for Edon to see where Kuhn is at and what Kuhn, where Kuhn's mindset is, but I also think it's going to be good for Kuhn because it could be, like, a nice look in the mirror of, like, while Kuhn is doing what he's trying to do and trying to accomplish the different goals and objectives that he wants, he doesn't want to sort of like lean too far into the, into like the, the tricks and stuff that like his family is known for, lest he end up like his father, right? Like, mm. uh, you know, sort of become the person that you disdain the most type beat. Uh, so that's what I think it's going to do for Kuhn. Um, and actually for impact in the future, I, do think, although Edon, I think, is a very specific case because, like we stated in one of the previous questions, I think he's a little bit off the beaten path when, it, when we're talking about the rest of the ten family heads in Jihad. But I do think that it's interesting. Um, I, I, I want to meet more of the ten great, the ten family heads. I want to meet more of these families, and I want to see like where their heads are at, what their their goal here is, like why they're inside, like why they think the way they think, why they did what they did, why they signed up with Jihad, um, all that stuff. And I think this will be a nice gateway into that because obviously. They said Edon is the only other person other than Jihad that left data here, mm. but Edon knows the other 10 heads. So, you know what I mean? It's like a little, you know, <laughs> everything connects. Connecting the dots. Gavin, do you have any other thoughts on this one? Honestly, I'd be beating that horse dead dead. So, yeah, <laughs> dead, I kinda, dead. I, I'm sorry, but um, we went over it pretty heavy, and I'd just be repeating it over and over again. So, I still love you. 
I, <laughs> I promise. Well said, friend. Beautiful. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the questions that we have today. Thank you again to every single person who posted a question, not just the people on here, but everyone else who posted it in Discord. Like I said, don't shy away. Keep on posting after the live streams. Uh, we really appreciate the feedback and all the things that you guys want to hear us answer. It's really fun to have this ever-growing community, so never shy away from it. But um, hopefully, if you guys like this video, make sure you guys are liking it, like I said, subscribing, and hitting that notification bell if you are new here, sharing with your friends and commenting your thoughts down below. It's not just Isaiah. It's not just myself. It's not just Gavin. It is the community at large. Let us know your thoughts down below. So long as you're being civil, so long as you're not spoiling, we want to hear all of those comments. Um, it's really interesting and insightful to get some of the cool things that you guys put in there. Some of you go really ham comes to like yeah. essays on there. And I really do try, we really do try our best to read all the ones that we can. We post daily. So our lives are pretty damn busy. Uh, so we can't always get to all of them, but seriously, just express yourself on there and let us know what it is that you're thinking of why you love this story as much as you do. That's the whole reason we do what we do. <laughs> so anyway, with that being said, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you on the flip. Peace. 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 Ninjas are samurais, blaze of the cool knives. Find me in the leaf of the cloud, screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though, who like seeing parts fly.